welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Darren Korb for the game Pyre. More from Darren shortly. It would be fair for our patron of the week, Lassa Anderson, to be annoyed that he won't be in this episode. I'm sorry, Lassa. We will get you in next week for sure. Uh, Lassa, along with another patron, Claire, have helped us sort out our Discord rewards for patrons. So if you're a patron, you can hop on our Discord server to chat with us about things like who's coming up on the show, because we don't normally talk about that until an interview has actually been completed. So in the Discord server, we chat about, you know, who we've at least verbally confirmed to be on the show, which is kind of fun. And we talk about games we're playing, what music we're listening to. You can more easily make suggestions for guests you'd like us to try to have on the show. Anyway, access to our Discord server, along with access to our Extra Five Songs podcast, that's what patrons get for a buck a month. Anyway, Lassa has sent us numerous suggestions in the past for guests. Some of those have been on the show. And he has a great list of favorite game tunes to share. But next week. Oh, and Patreon instructions for how to connect your patron account to Discord. Uh, Lassa posted a link to those instructions in our general Discord welcome server that the entire universe has access to. Uh, We just don't chat in there. So if you want to go through that to figure out how to connect your patron account to Discord, you can do that too. All right. Darren Korb is the in-house composer and sound designer for Supergiant Games. Supergiant pretty much uh, burst onto the indie scene with Bastion in 2011, followed it up with Transistor in 2014, and now has just released their third game called Pyre. Darren will explain Pyre in a moment here, but one of the cool things about it that we don't talk about until the very end is how it has local multiplayer or couch co-op. And it's optional to play couch co-op, but you, I mean, you can play single player throughout if you choose. But the fact that they did a little RPG couch co-op, and I say little, like seriously, it's not little. They did a couch co-op RPG, and I think that's pretty cool. Here's Darren. Pyre is a party-based RPG where you lead a band of exiles through this sort of mystical purgatory and you compete in a series of ancient rituals to try and earn back your freedom. And that's sort of the long, the 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 short pitch <laughs> yeah. for a game that requires kind of a long explanation uh, if you really want to get down to it. But it's interesting to see uh, people talk about the game after it's come out now and see sort of people's perceptions of the game and how they're maybe different from sort of how we thought about the game, even <laughs> though we we know there is a sort of a... So the, the rituals you compete in are, are a sport like thing. They're sort of a fantasy kind of mystical sport mm-hmm. that you compete in. And that's sort of the the combat system, if you will, in our RPG that, that we put together. <laughs> yeah. It's almost kind of like I I don't know. It's it's sort of like basketball. You're not like shooting hoops, but you're throwing a ball at a beam of light, basically. Yeah, so you yeah. the, the object yeah, the object is to take the sort of mystical celestial orb and 
put it in your opponent's pyre mm-hmm. and put out their pyre as sort of the, the the ultimate goal. So every each time you do that, you douse their pyre a little bit more, and it gets smaller and smaller, and then it goes out. And then, you know, once that happens, the, the losing team has their pyre put out. Yeah, and there's three on three, and there's three different characters on each side as well, which is kind of cool, and they each have mm-hmm. different movement speeds is, you know, just it's an RPG. So they all have different characteristics and you can level them up in certain ways. It's just, it's really fascinating. So the funny story is when you sent me the music and I started to dig into it, I immediately knew I wasn't going to have enough time to appropriately interview you about it. And so I wrote you and said, we, I need more time. And uh, you granted that because you wrote a ton of music for this game. It's a lot of music this time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the things that's so intriguing to me about it is there is a wide range of styles and textures in this music. You know, you, you hear the first track and you think, which is a song, uh, which you sing on and Ashley, right, mm-hmm. yep. sings yep. on again. She, you two sing so well together and uh, you both just have gorgeous voices. So that's Thank amazing. you very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you hear this song, and you're like, oh, okay, so this is what it's going to be like. All are not the same, but three shall be as one. Freedom in the flame, the end has just begun. And then you hear the next track, and you're like, oh, so it'll be that first thing, a little bit of this. But then it's just that it goes in all these different directions, which is really cool. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, this is certainly the most eclectic soundtrack I've done. And I think part of that is just because the scope of the game is bigger than the other games, mm-hmm. uh, both tonally and in terms of just sheer size and stuff to do and characters and locations that you visit. And all that. So it's sort of the biggest game in just about every respect. And sort of the music reflects that, I think. You know, one of the things in this game that I was able to do that I wasn't really able to do in the other games is, you know, there are characters <laughs> in this game. There are, <laughs> in the other games, we had like one, basically, right. or a few characters. So in this game, it kind of, the characters can have themes and everybody kind of gets their own theme. And then, then all the characters are pretty different. And so. I tried to represent the different characters as well as I could in, you know, in their themes. And and I was pretty liberal with the range that I allowed myself uh, <laughs> this time around um, stylistically. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, I think in the context of the game, there are pretty different things that you hear that all sort of work nothing you know even when you hear thrash pack or something which is probably the most out of left field thing for this soundtrack yeah i think it still works because of what you're seeing on the screen at the time and the characters that you're meeting and and all of that so i i i felt you know i had doubts initially about is this going to be okay or is this going to be weird <laughs> and and i i feel happy with the way it turned out yeah, no, it's it's a good kind of adventure in different places. I mean, from harpsichord to what you were saying, thrash pack was one I wrote down. I was like, 
wow, it's so fun to hear all these sides of you. So talk talk more specifically about Thrash Pack in the best way that you can, of course. Yeah, so Thrash Pack is... Is I, I approach it as a theme of the dissidents, which is a team, uh, a triumvirate of rival exiles that you meet in the game, and they're sort of these like anarchist punk dogs. <laughs> <laughs> This song is sort of like a fast kind of metal punk thing. I felt at the time, is this going to be too on the nose? I can't tell. And then I, I once I did, I was like, no, no, I, it's got to be this. It can't be something that hints at that. It's just got to be that. So, so I just went and went and did that <laughs> for them, and I, and I think it it turned out fun. bit about scoring some of the you know story-based areas or, or parts where you are traveling yeah that was an interesting challenge this time around and and we knew one of the challenges was going to be we knew we were gonna have a bigger game and so the challenge was how do I create the music and implement it in a way that will kind of spread it out more uh, and prolong the life of each piece that you encounter in these contexts. There's a chance if you just hang out in your caravan in the wagon screen for a long time that you'll just be hearing the same piece of music for 20 minutes or something. So so I wanted to make sure that we did some dynamic stemming of the pieces mm-hmm. to help extend the life of each one. So it, it, it that was in itself was an interesting composing challenge because I'd never really done this to that extent before. Yeah, and uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but explain yeah. a, a yes. dynamic stemming. Yes, yeah, of course. So so each piece that you hear sort of uh, outside of the matches of the rights themselves has about seven or eight stems. And and that means, so there's like uh, one, one of these stereo stems has the guitars, and one of them has the bass track, and one of them has uh, a drum track, and one of them has another drum track, and one of them has flutes, and one of them has mandolins. And so, <laughs> and so we set up a pretty elaborate system based on what you're doing. You know, if you're in dialogue with another character, a certain set of those stems will play. If you're reading some narration, a different set of stems will play. If you're just sort of hanging out in the caravan, in the wagon, a different set of stems will play, etc. So, mm-hmm. so the idea was to have what you're doing dynamically change the arrangement of the music that you're hearing. did mention mandolin, which is one of the things you hear right off the bat after the first yep. opening song. And yep. just lots of mandolin in there, which I loved. Um, Definitely, yeah. Flutes, guitars, bass, drums. How many of those things did you play? Uh, I play everything that you hear on the record, basically. That. Uh, That's amazing. 
the you know some of its uh, software instruments and stuff like that are a lot of it you know a decent chunk of it is but just about all the kind of stringed instruments that are guitar like mm-hmm. uh, man- mandolin bass uh, guitar etc I, I play all that stuff and uh, the drums are mostly uh, MIDI drums some of them I performed with an electronic kit some of them I didn't. Uh, and there's, there's a handful of drums, like little snare drums and stuff. And, and, uh, Tom, Tom's like for Joe Dariel's sort of portion of the, um, theme of the three main characters that you meet. drums mostly it's it, that's canned as well okay how about the harpsichord harpsichord is also a software instrument actually actually yeah yeah um, yep but tell me about that track i know there are a lot of these um could be riddled with spoilers but uh sure but talk to me about life sentence yeah well that one is is sort of the menu music for the game that you hear we, we don't play it the first time you you start up the game but if you Come back to the game after you already have a save on your on your file. Mm-hmm. That will play in the main menu for the game. stripped-down version of something that you hear later in the game in an important sort of story moment. So so one of the modes for the music that I I wanted to convey was sort of the stodgy commonwealth, the, the you know, the, that represents the sort of place that everybody comes from and the rituals uh, that you're partaking in and the sort of bureaucracy stuff that that is is caught up in all this. And so the voice you're hearing that this is sort of kind of his theme, I guess you could say. I wanted to convey some sort of uh, stuffy, slightly baroque. I mean, I guess the style of playing isn't baroque, but it's yeah. it's a sort of flowery sounding thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so that's that's sort of the idea with that. musical ideas that you had what were some of the first tunes you composed yeah so i think the first tune i actually composed ended up changing into and becoming will of the scribes Ended up being the theme of this. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but 
of the team that you are basically the the sort of team of triumvirates, the the triumvirate that you are, okay. <laughs> the the Nightwings, uh, <laughs> I should say. So so it's sort of the Nightwings theme, and the context in which you hear it, you don't hear it until uh, quite a bit later in the game. And there are story reasons for that that I don't really want to get into at the moment. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, so that's sort of what that became. And and it's cool. I'm, I'm glad I was able to turn that into something uh, that became important to the game later on because it was, the, it was actually the first idea I had uh, nice. for the project. I had a, f- a feeling that I wanted to use bardic instruments as much as I could mm-hmm. and to have a, uh, a focus on on that, have that be at least one component of the soundtrack. minstrel quality to the whole yep. you know thing where they're just traveling people in a wagon and kind of picking people up as they go and um yeah as usual you know you and your friends at Supergiant do such an amazing job making the music a really important experience uh, you know as part of the game experience and you know, an integral part of the story as well. So talk to me in this, how how that happened this time, through songs or or how you guys managed to, to marry, marry those two things this time around. Yeah, I think this time was a little bit different from before in, in that the, the way we implemented the music really changes the, the feel of how you relate to it, I think, as a player. Mm-hmm. And so that was interesting as a process this time. And because of the dynamic stemming stuff that we're doing for most of the game, I think there's a tendency, it, it cuts both ways a little bit, right? You, you don't have the one sort of piece of music that you hear a bunch that can stick in your head maybe in the same way as when it's just a stereo piece of music that you're listening to Mm -hmm. with an arrangement that is the same every time. But I feel like your engagement with the music, even whether you're conscious of what's happening with the stemming or not, what you're doing actually directly affects the music and how you play directly affects how you hear the music. So I feel on the one hand, it may not have some of the kind of earworm quality of hearing the exact same thing over and over again, Mm -hmm. but... On the other hand, I think that your engagement with the music can actually increase quite a bit as a player if you start to notice, or even if you don't start to notice. To sort of get back to the question a little bit, uh, I think that that in, in itself is a big way in which we try to integrate the music deeply into the game and there are other ways as well just the, I mean the traveling sort of minstrel character who is with you for most of the game you know the the fact that you can sort of ask him at any time to play music for you and he'll play like his version of any of the, you know any of the pieces uh, like an acoustic version so, so to speak <laughs> uh, and that was a lot of fun to do things like that and, and of course the songs I got to do some really fun stuff with variants in song lyrics that I'd never gotten a chance to do before. So there's some pretty crazy stuff 
that that I <laughs> that we were able to implement in the late game, where there's sort of reactive songs based on your playthrough and based on the triumvirate that you're playing against, et cetera. Nice. So so there's some pretty crazy um, dynamic uh, vocal parts, basically, as well, in addition to the the stemming and stuff. And you sing a lot on this one. You sing, I yeah. So I think that's wonderful. Did you enjoy doing that? Yeah, it was a blast. I, I mean, it seemed appropriate for. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't from a place of, oh, I'm. You know, I want to sing more. Oh, of course, of <laughs> it course. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't my sort of intention <laughs> when at the outset to. I'm. This is gonna be my show. You know. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. The, the idea was that the minstrel character who is traveling with you is a is a dude in this case. And uh, I tend to voice the singing dudes in the Supergiant games. When the stars align, the rites shall come to bear. Illuminate the signs, the exiles shall be there. We knew we wanted to have there be a traveling minstrel like really early on that is sort of with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad we were able to kind of uh, integrate it into the game in the way that, that it ended up uh, being in the game. Uh, yes. And and his relationship with sort of the opposing minstrel character uh, and all that stuff is some of my favorite uh, stuff in the game, actually. You recorded Bastion in a closet, and yep. as did Logan Cunningham, who did the... Um, voiceover uh, for that game. And he yep. also, of course, did voices in Transistor and in this game. So yes, yeah. the closet is is no longer, correct? No, I moved out of that apartment with the closet. <laughs> it's a, I, I actually, so yeah, Transistor and Bastion were both recorded in that closet in my New York apartment. <laughs> and all of the voiceover and everything was recorded there as well. For this game, with the exception of a couple little rough musical ideas at the beginning, everything was recorded uh, in the office in San Francisco, where I now live in the Bay Area. Uh, so I moved across the country after Transistor finished. Hmm. Uh, and, yeah, so just about everything was recorded, or most of mo- everything that I recorded was was done in, we have a little six-by-eight sort of isolation booth at the office, and I recorded just about everything in there, and I am in it right now doing this interview. <laughs> <laughs> There may be a little sitar noise in the back and some of these there's, tracks or Yeah, there's some strange stuff in there. There's I use um I think there's an oud on a, a few of them. There's like, you know, when you face the the essence, their theme is sort of more uh, a little bit more exotic sounding.
branch out in some areas of the game. I feel like it's interesting because as as much range as this soundtrack has, I feel like it has more sort of tonal range than than the other soundtracks. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it doesn't use quite as wide a swath of instruments. Like the the actual instrument selection, the palette, the sonic palette is maybe slightly more narrow in some ways, at least within the different modes of the game in the sort of stuff that you do on the overmap uh, and, and when you're traveling around in the wagon, all that stuff is more sonically related to itself than a lot of the other, uh, uh, you know, if you took any, like, other 12 tracks or something that I've made on the previous games, like, they wouldn't be as... <laughs> there'd be more weird stuff in there. Uh, and these these ones I tried to keep uh, kind of, you know, intentionally I tried to keep the arrangements pretty similar so it felt like there was, like, a one, you know, a band playing all these tunes or something. Yes. So at, at least for that stuff. And then I and then I gave myself a little bit more freedom with the stuff that you, that you hear, like, the, the opposing themes, the triumvirate themes. down a couple other tracks I was too stupid to write down why I wrote them down (laughs) 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 which I'm usually pretty good at but um, one of them might have had a a unique sound that I wanted to ask you about could that have been Strange Voyage Strange Voyage yeah so Strange Voyage is one there's uh, there's some interesting sort of like water droplet synth stuff happening on that one as well as a sort of groovy uh, acoustic guitar riff Traveling the seas uh, is what what the uh, that that music is, uh, and that one was a blast to make. Actually, that one was really really fun and just like a sort of relentless groovy acoustic guitar riff was sort of the <laughs> the thing I was going for there. Design. Yeah. Talk to me about that one. Yeah, Dread Design is the the theme of the Withdrawn, who are uh, probably the scariest group uh, that you encounter in, in your time in the Downside, and they're they're led by this sort of bog witch. Sort of the 
the uh, the the race of this character. It's real spooky. It's <laughs> it's one of the more just sort of overtly creepy and frightening uh, pieces I, I've made. I think it's certainly like pretty intense and has some like straight up kind of horror-y sounds in in the music. Uh, so that one was was a lot of fun, and it almost has like a, you know, there's certainly some, there's some uh, sort of hip hop influence in the percussion at least for that one uh, for sure. singing we haven't talked too much about the songs except that I mean I guess we talked about the variants in the lyrics which is really super cool um, and definitely encourages multi uh, more than one playthrough which I like yeah, yeah for sure yeah <laughs> as does the whole RPG thing in the first place but uh, but talk to me about morning song yes yeah morning song uh, that was fun and it's sort of based on a pretty early idea that I had. I was just, basically, I did a test pretty early in the project of the vocal stemming idea where we were able to sort of, you know, put markers in, you know, in my FMOD queue, and the game would sort of call out different markers, like, at this marker, play track one, at this marker, play track two, This and then that allowed us to choose verses. Uh, so I'd have three alternate verses playing on you know three different tracks, and only one would play it. One would be audible at a time, mm-hmm. and, and so this was the test that I did, and we didn't end up using that track that I did uh, that I made for the test, but I wanted to repurpose it somehow. So I, I knew I really wanted there to be a sort of acapella moment between the two uh, kind of opposing minstrel characters, mm-hmm. and that is what that song became. And I sort of. Uh, removed the instrumentation and translated some of the chordal information to the harmony part, and uh, <laughs> and and yeah, so it just became an acapella uh, duet. From the plains that sleep below to the canyons open wide, hear the song of gentle morning. For the lost and lonesome bride. So you mentioned that, you know, back to the harpsichord thing for just a moment, that, you know, you were going for the arc, kind of an archaic or, you know, stuffy, I yep. guess it was more appropriate, stuffy kind of um, sound for it. And one of the things I noticed, too, through... Uh, enough times to write it down in any event uh, is that a lot of the minor songs end major. And I would love to ask you about that. Of course, in music history, that's called the Picardy Third, if we want to yeah. continue with the stuffiness. But, uh, yeah. but talk to me a little bit about that choice. Yeah, it's interesting. The that was a thing that to me just felt uh in keeping with the sort of bardic vibe I was going for with yeah. the music. And so I tended, you know, it wasn't it wasn't intentional 
in the sense, oh, I want most of the pieces to end this way. <laughs> it was just, you know, it, it it was the thing that felt appropriate sort of at the time several times, <laughs> mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, on, on a case-by-case basis, but always sort of trying to, you know, with, with some goals in mind of trying to uh, have all the pieces fit tonally with each other and sort of have a you know a bardic quality to them mm-hmm. uh, and, and that was one of one of the things that I, I kept going back to tell me what some of your favorites were Darren yeah uh, well you know in the flame was a blast to do because it's similar to how I worked on um, actually the setting sail coming home and and uh, we all become were sort of similar in that I wrote them for the trailers of each game and then extrapolated them into full songs later for each of those pieces. Uh, so it was really fun this time around on Transistor. You know, I wrote the sort of one minute version of We All Become for the trailer. When you speak. Silence, every word a defiance. I can hear, oh, I can hear. Think I'll go where it suits me. And then, you know, planned to extend it for the rest of the game development, and then a year later finished it. <laughs> And that's sort of what happened this time around, except for Transistor. I was sort of agonizing over it for a really long time mm. and worried. I just like, oh, well, that people, the response was great to that song. I really want to make sure I, you know, don't disappoint with a, I don't want the full version to feel bloated and this and that. Mm-hmm. And this time around, I just like, when I, I was like, okay, that's going to be, I'm going to finish this after I finish my work on the game. <laughs> it's going to be for the soundtrack. So I didn't even really try. I tried actively to not think about it until I had finished my work on the game and was ready to get to it. And mm-hmm. and it just it was just a really fast process for, of me like reapproaching it, coming back to it, and just it took about maybe two days or something to just finish all the rest of it, including I wrote the extended version, I did the arrangement, I recorded Ashley, I brought her in, you know, <laughs> and it all just sort of fell into place. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same, but three shall be as one. Freedom in flame, the end has just begun. And that was really, yeah, that was really exciting to when when stuff clicks like that. It's, it always feels really good. The songs that you agonize over. Who knows if they turn out any better or not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. Sometimes it's the stuff that you just sort of uh, feel and go, go allow yourself to go that way that turns out the best. But so that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed um, "Knights of the Sea." Was a blast to make. That's the sort of piratey one that yeah. plays when you when you face the pirate hearts, and uh, that was that was a lot of fun. I I knew I wanted to do some sort of piratey jig thing with like a rock, 
you know, undertone. And that's what what I came up with. That was that was a lot of fun to do, and you know, certainly uh, it was. It took a while for me to get that one recorded, just because the it has a lot of sections and it, it's sort of relentless, uh, relentless riff and, uh, and all that. So I played on a bunch of different instruments. I had to like relearn the riff on, you know, the mandolin and the you know. Nice. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was fun. Everybody should play it. It's really fun. And the music is great. So thanks for talking with me about it. But if you yeah. if I left things out, you better go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so if you want um, to real quickly touch a little more on the um, dynamic vocal thing. Yes. Because um, I mentioned it. I didn't, I, we didn't really get into it. The other thing, and maybe this could lead into it, is, mm-hmm. you know, how wonderful it is just to hear Ashley again. I mean, we, yeah. we kind of briefly glossed over her, but she yet again yeah. is a pretty integral part of this soundtrack. So Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, talk about her a little bit. Yeah, so, so Ashley and I in the game sort of play opposing bard or or you know minstrel characters the character i play is the one who is traveling with you the whole time and is the sort of uh minstrel of the night wings and the one that ashley plays is sort of the the one that is for all the challenging all the challengers basically and they have a history that you'll uh see as you play the game but but yeah, it was a really fun opportunity. I knew I wanted more duets specifically at the outset of this game. I knew I wanted to just duet more. By the stripes we gather in all the songs I, I do one by myself but everything else is is a duet or has at least harmony that just about the whole time and there's some fun stuff at the end uh the song that plays during the end credits i won't say too much about it but basically depending on the outcome of the game uh there's multiple vocal tracks uh based on a few different variables and one of the one of these ashley sings lead on and the other one i sing lead on so depending on what happened in the game, there'll be like a verse here that Ashley sings and a verse that I sing, and, and it'll dynamically switch based on what you did in the game. Whose idea was that? Who Was that something you wanted to try and you guys decided to go for it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I knew I wanted to have, I think it started with, I had an idea based on, some new some some aspects of fmod that i discovered this middleware that we audio middleware that we use to integrate mm-hmm. the audio into the game that we could do markers and then have we could have those markers cue certain events to take place in the game and we could have in script tell the playback to play a particular track at a at a really specific time so that allowed us to it, it led me to the idea well what if we had in keeping with the theme that we were trying to do in this game of having the game be sort of more responsive to your choices and reflect those in as many ways as we as we could one of the ways that we sought to do that was with the actual lyrics of the song being sort of customized 
to what the result of your playthrough specifically or choices that you had made. And so we had that idea for a really long time and I'm really glad we were able to incorporate it because uh, it wasn't a given <laughs> that it would be incorporated. So I'm, uh, it felt it was a really daunting uh, task because I think in all there's six different, six different vocal tracks oh, on wow. the ending song that that are mutually exclusive, basically. <laughs> so we have a sort of A B variants for each of the sort of gender choices your character can make. Okay. Uh, so there's a non-gendered one, a male and a female, and then for each of those, there's an A version and a B version, and it will toggle between the A version and the B version <laughs> based on certain events that I don't want to d- divulge. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, and so like on the A version, for example, Ashley will sing lead, and on the B version, I'll sing lead, and it'll switch back and forth and and uh, sing about different things that happened to the different characters based on what happened to them. You stay true to the end. So I like to add that I'm thrilled by the response uh, to the game and the soundtrack in particular. I mean, it's it's certainly something that we don't take for granted, that people will enjoy the games and the music. <laughs> and uh, and certainly this time I know we made a, a weird game. <laughs> and so... <laughs> It, it 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 really is. Uh, I consider it uh, an honor that people are willing to take the leap and play a type of game that maybe doesn't exist uh, aside from this game. <laughs> it's certainly not not in this format. I think it's a it's a pretty odd duck in a, in a really wonderful way. And mm-hmm. I think it's probably my favorite game we've made. Interesting. You know, and I and I feel like there may be more of us in this game somehow. Than in, in any game we've made so far, so so it's really it's really validating to see people responding so strongly to it, and it's 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 awesome. Just the amount of sort of fan art and sort of uh, incredible responses that we've seen from people. Do you think that uh, kind of your favorite also, or you know, that there's more of you in there, all of you? Do you think that's partially to do with? resources that you have access to now, do you think it's due to the fact that it's your third game and you've been around the block now twice? Um, you know, what What do you attribute that to? I think a big part of that, honestly, is the fact that we were in a position after Transistor to be able to do something risky. We didn't feel the same pressure that we did uh, to have a you know, a hit, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, of course, you know, our our hopes for the game obviously are that it will be uh, very successful, and that we'll just. But but our goal really is just to continue making games as a studio mm-hmm. and and together mm-hmm. with 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 this group of people. And as long as it allows us to achieve that, that is sort of then we've succeeded um, in our minds. So, I think one thing that was so refreshing about the process of making this game compared to Transistor, which was really something where we really, really um, struggled a lot sort of spiritually with the identity of that game and just how to... I'm I'm super happy with where it wound up, but it was a certainly uh, arduous process to get there (laughs) because we were constantly 
sort of is it too much like Bastion? Is it not enough like Bastion? Is it you know what's the what's yeah. what are people what's the expectation? Because it's the sophomore effort, and so after having the two games, I feel like we had the sort of confidence maybe foolish or not, I can't say at this point, I don't know, <laughs> to to go ahead and do something that was just like super compelling to us and maybe super weird. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think we knew how weird it was gonna be until later, but um but I'm really I'm really glad it is it, it turned out how it did. I, I think um it's been a really an awesome uh journey to work on this game. And, you know, one thing, actually, that I'm really thrilled about, which I think, so we, we included a versus mode, a, a local multiplayer mode, which is the first time we've ever done this mm-hmm. in one of our games. And I'm super excited about that. And I really hope, I know it's local only and people, you know, only play multiplayer online these days, but <laughs> but <laughs> but it's like one of my favorite things about this game has been showing the local multiplayer at shows like PAX. And uh, we were at um, the PSX with it as well. And showing that to people and seeing how charged people get and the excitement that people get from playing against each other in this game, which is a super strange thing, it's really cool to see. And people are shouting at each other and smiling and, you know, high-fiving. And it's really cool. Uh, and strangers, you know, sit down on a couch next to each other at one of these shows. So that's been a really awesome thing for me uh, to see people being sort of effusive in a different way mm-hmm. uh, about this game. And I really hope that people, you know, rope their friends in at home and and try that out because it's super fun. <laughs> We have a lot of fun at the office uh, playing against each other, actually. It's it's really a blast. So I hope people discover that. And there's a lot in this game to be discovered, I think. It's it's less linear and less sort of all there for you um, on a single playthrough than, yes. than either of our other games. So I hope people mine the depths, and I'm excited to see what they come up with. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Darren. Always nice to talk to you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to episode 78 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Darren Korb and see a playlist at patreon.com slash level. And you can get the soundtrack to Pyre on Bandcamp. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. 
and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Incorporated.